Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T, our reliable network. Covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com/incar Wi-Fi and keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. But at the same time, I'm happy we got to the point where we did because I think for next year, it's going to be that much more rewarding and that much sweeter, um, I believe, when we do make the playoffs. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello and welcome to all from Steelers Nation. Thanks for joining us on the Saverin on Steelers podcast. I am your host, Stan Saverin. We post up new editions twice weekly. You can get it at Steelers.com. It's very easy. Just go to Steelers.com. Click on it, and the podcast will be there. Uh, if you enjoy the content, the, all the Steelers content we have for you, please let your friends, relatives, neighbors know about it. Again, just at Steelers.com. You can also listen to me, by the way, on a daily basis on my show on ESPN Pittsburgh. We're on live from noon until 2 Eastern time each weekday, Monday through Friday. Or you can download the iHeartMedia app, and it's free, and you can get the show every day that way. Or check out on my podcast. I retweet them out every day. You can get it at ESPNRadio.com or uh, on my Twitter account at, at StanLoveTheShow. Steelers season comes to an end. Disappointing, I'm sure. Whenever you have to rely on other teams, your chances are going to be limited. There are just so many variables. For a long time, it looked like Miami was not going to be able to beat the Jets. Not because the Jets were better, just they were equally inept. But one bad play, one bad sack, one long 50-yard field goal, and you're out. And so it raises the question, was this season a disappointment? And I say, if you're looking at it individually, just forgetting everything outside of 2022, then yes, I think you can characterize it as a disappointment. Just the the 17 games this year, 9-8, and even if they came from a 2-6 record to achieve that, going 7-2 down the stretch, I think you can say say that it was a disappointment. Certainly for the coaches, the players, the executives, fans. But if you look at that season, this past season, as a building block more globally in where the franchise is at, I've always felt, you've heard me say, they are in a rebuild mode. And while it is true that once in a great while, you'll see a 4-13 and team become a 12-5 and team, it's more likely that a team that is 
under 500, it'll take some time. Maybe they'll get to 500, then maybe they get to three games over 500, and then they get to be, A, a playoff team, and B, a legitimate championship contender. Now, I'm not saying that that necessarily is going to happen for the Steelers. There's a lot of water to swim through to get to that point. But if you look at this year as part of the rebuilding process, then no, I don't think it's a disappointment. It'd been nice to make the playoffs from the coaches and players' perspective, but larger views of the situation indicates that even though their record was about the same as last year, 9-7-1, and one, which got them barely into the playoffs, record-wise, you'd think it's maybe a slight step back. Certainly, starting out 2-6 and six is a good way to ensure that you're not going to be better than last year. But in terms of part of the process, and I know Steeler fans don't like to hear that, because in general, there haven't been many occasions like this, but that doesn't mean there haven't been any. I take you back to the late 90s. They lose the AFC Championship game to Denver. And they're out of the playoffs in 98, 99, and 2000. Out of the playoffs three years in a row. And yet they came back in 2001 and got to the AFC Championship game, which they lost at home to New England. Sorry to remind you. So there have been processes like this before. And if you're looking at what happened and what transpired in 2022, then this is part of that process. When we hear the standard is the standard, what does that really mean? Well, I think Mike Tomlin uses that for two reasons. He's talking about players who are called upon to perform when a guy at their position is injured and they have to step up and play. From his perspective, talking about Coach Tomlin's perspective, you're probably a second-string player for a reason. The guy ahead of you is better. But when you are called upon to step in and play in replacing that guy, you need to play up to his level. That, I think, is part of what he means by the standard being the standard. But I think from a franchise standpoint, standard being the standard is not just eking into the playoffs at 9-7-1 or 9-8. and eight. It's entering the playoffs with a real chance to do some serious damage. Now, only one team wins the Super Bowl. But the standard around here in Steelers Nation is that you step into the playoffs and you're center of the ring. You're, you're playing king of the mountain. You're standing there and saying, you're shouting it. Who wants to take me on? Anybody want to take me on? And obviously, they're not there yet. You have to first make the playoffs where you can do that. Are they well on their way? Debatable. 
One of the reasons that I say that this was a positive year, when you look at the grand scheme of things, is because they managed to answer some significant questions. They believe justifiably now they have the quarterback that they need. We finally saw flashes of what Najee Harris can be and what the Steelers saw in him when they drafted him in the first place. They know now that they have a wide receiver who can be an absolute game-breaker in George Pickens. I think they've known for quite some time that Pat Fryermuth can be a devastating weapon and needs to be used more than he was. They've got a serviceable offensive line. That doesn't mean it can't get better. They need to add to that. They need to add to the defense. Certainly, they've got some proven performers there, performance, uh, performers there. I think that they now know that Alex Highsmith can play, whether T.J. Watt is on the other side or not, if he's healthy. So they made strides. And that's what 2022 was all about. You make the playoffs, great. Even if you make the playoffs and get blown out like last year in Kansas City, it's another step. And that's why I say that this was a successful season when you moderate your expectations. If your expectations were they're going to win the division and play in the AFC Championship game, then your expectations were, frankly, ridiculous. Wasn't going to happen that way. But if you look like they got their footing in an equilibrium and they'll start out 2023 in better position and in better shape than what they were in 2022, then that's why I label this a success. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. Max Starks has won Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He really saw them up close and personal as the sideline reporter on the Steelers radio network. Max joins us now. and uh, Max, I'm going to assume that you were among those um, who were disappointed that the season ended where it did. Uh, how anxious were you to see 
them get a playoff game to see exactly where they were in terms of their progress. You know, yeah, I, I, I was, I, you know what, Sam, I was on the fence um, just because knowing where we came from at the first half of the season to where we ended up progressing. And you remember we had that conversation, Stan, uh, right about that midpoint about how do I assess this offensive line? And, you know, for the, and even as optimistic as I might've been in those moments, I had no idea that it would be this good at this point. So to know where they came from and where we ended, yeah, I'm a little upset that we did we didn't get the opportunity, but I also, you know, realized that we dug our own grave. Um, you know, there was some winnable games in that two and six start that that were in our control. There was at least three of them. You know, and that's the Jets game, you're up. The Patriots game, you know, before you figure out how to stop the run. Um, were probably the two most notable. And then, you know, even after that, like beating Baltimore um, the first time around, um, that hiccup in this offensive run game, the the one blemish, you know, in this last stretch of about six games. So I, I think that's where, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm a little okay with it just because I know that, you know, progress has to have some type of finality. Um, for a season, but at the same time, I'm happy we got to the point where we did because I think for next year, it's going to be that much more rewarding and that much sweeter, um, I believe, when we do make the playoffs. When you look at the improvements, obviously people talk about Kenny Pickett, but I want to start with the offensive line because you and I have discussed that so frequently. Um, clearly, the pass protection and certainly the running game, the offensive line arguably was the best uh, most improved unit, I should say, from start to the midway point of the season to the end of the season. Um, as you watch them up close perform, in what particular areas did they get better? Was it a matter of each individual getting better? Or, as we talked about for most of the season, they finally reached that level of cohesion that's necessary? Yeah, I, I think I think you have to take the latter and apply it to the to the former, right? I think you have to look at it and say, you know, if they did not gel, I don't think anybody could have gotten better um, as a unit, or at least that we could have told, um, you know, by, 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 by looking at it. So I think the unit got better because they gelled and they literally spent every snap together just about. Um, it was the only unit to start every game this season together um, of all the offensive line units in the league. I thought that was, a, that, that was one of the most impressive things is their durability to go through the season and yeah there were bumps and bruises guys had to come out at certain points but your starting five was your starting five this whole year um so i think that is what lent itself to guys getting better individually because when you can trust the guy to your left or your right that makes you that much more confident and that allows you to play more more loose and free and you know what their what their shortcomings are what their strengths are and you guys could play off of those things together, you know. And as far as individuals, I think James Daniels probably had the biggest jump just because there was an expectation, but we didn't really know what to expect with James Daniels. And he just got better and better as the season progressed. You know, training camp, he was falling down everywhere. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, where did we get him from? What did he do? <laughs> um, 
just uh, man, he became a staple. And I think that's that's probably one individual I would point to. I feel like Chooks is always solid. Then he had another fine year. Um, Mason Cole became became just steady Eddie in the middle. You know, he's not going to sit there and gore you, but he, he but he has he does a good job setting up on the double team blocks. Great, you know, good intelligence or what I call FBI football intelligence, and. And then, of course, Kevin Dotson brought the physicality, right? I mean, that's you need that one guy who's the enforcer. He was he was more the physical enforcer of that offensive line than Dan Moore. You know, as much as much crap as people want to give Dan, um, I felt like Dan took a step forward as well. I mean, only giving up one sack to Miles Garrett in that last game when he was given when it, when they kept leaving him on an island um, was a hell of a job for a young guy. And, and so, I mean, Dan Moore definitely grew up a lot this year. And he's only going to continue to get better. And I still maintain my position that Dan is the guy that will be playing in this league, you know, for 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 a decade if he, if he so chooses, um, you know. But I think all of them, all of them had a tremendous job, did a tremendous job this year of really coming together. And then once it did, you know, creating something beautiful. I mean, but you played the highlight, Najee getting a thousand yards. I mean, at the beginning of the year, would we have ever thought that? Probably not. We'd be like, oh well. <laughs> Talk it up, maybe next year, <laughs> but he pushed through and he had to, he had some phenomenal games to finish out the year to get him over that thousand yard mark. All that having been said, um, if you're a GM personnel guy and free agency is upon you, uh, the draft to follow, um, as as well as the offensive line gelled, would you hesitate to add a better player or two? if they were available as part of your priority agenda? Uh, I think you're always adding offensive linemen, Stan. I think that's kind of one of the positions where you never have enough offensive linemen. You're always planning for the inevitable. I mean, think about this, Stan. I was drafted in 04 in the third round. The following year, they drafted Trey Essex in the third round, Chris Kimuyatu in the sixth round. Um, Marvin Phillip, and then the following year after that, we draft Willie Colon. <laughs> so you know, they, they even though I became a tackle here, they they draft every year, and those guys end up becoming players. So you still have to plan for that depth, so you don't have the precipitous drop off like we did the year before when DeCastro, you know, is gone and Ramon retires, and then Pouncey retires, and then you don't have bodies to fill that area, and now you're reaching. To get guys, you want to always have a stockpile of guys so that you can plug and play guys. And if anything does happen, you have somebody who's been in this system and can plug and play. How much of the improvement do you attribute to the, I'll put this in quotes, the Matt Canada offense? Um, is, is this what we've been waiting to see? Um, or is it the same stuff just being executed better by the players we've already decide, uh, cited as improving individually, I think I think player improvement um, made made this made Matt Canada's offense look look um, look a lot better. I mean, we still had the same stuff, right? Still had the jet sweeps, still have the horizontal game, but I felt Matt Canada also kind of changed changed a little bit because you think about opening up the middle of the field. Um, he actually started throwing in the middle of the field. And you think about some of our touchdown drives, where did it come, Stan? 
down the middle of the field. Yep. The ha- the seam routes. The George Pickens touchdown on Sunday. Seam route. Raiders game to win it to George Pickens. Seam route. Pat Fryermuth, big catch. Connor Hayward, big catch. Middle of the field between the hashes, right? That's what we didn't see early in the year. And I think he kind of had to come off of that, realizing that he had guys with the skill that could that could do that. So, you know, was it an aberration to get through the year, or is this what he wants his offense to be? That is the real question, Stan. Well, it's interesting because um, uh, I always cite uh, when Ben took over in 04, Bill Cower went to Ken Wisenhunt and said, let's not put too much on his plate. You know, he's a rookie. He wasn't supposed to play this year. Um, he came out early. He's a younger guy. Uh, that's not the case with Pickett. But I'm wondering if that was the mantra uh, of Mike Tomlin going to Matt Canada and saying, let's keep it relatively simple, and that part of the growth will be once he absorbs the basics, they can add on. Better to add on than to take away. No, no. That, that playbook was open, Stan, <laughs> from training camp on. Um, and, and it was indicative when, you know, even in the, in the first start, I mean, you're making in a half of football, he threw the ball over 20 times. Um, if you're trying to protect a rookie, it's usually 25 passes or less total um, in a game. Uh, Kenny threw 20, I think, believe it was 21 passes um, in, in, in that first game. So, and he's thrown over 30 times, multiple times this season. So there was no holding back or, you know, kind of giving him easily digestible nuggets. Um, he came in day one, and it was a battle to see who's going to be the starter, and they threw everything at those guys, Mason, Mitch, and Kenny, and they wanted to see what they could do. And um, I think for Kenny, you know, it was a trial by fire, and he 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 got through it. Um, but I don't think I don't think they did the same thing that they did to Ben because then, you know, we had a we had a great running game, and and a, and a top five defense. So his job was just manage. Kenny was asked to go out there and win the games in more than one occasion, and uh, and he responded in kind um, as the season progresses. He got more comfortable, but there was never a, there was never a, you know the bumpers up like on a bowling alley right you know when the kids come up the bumpers come up uh, there was no there was there was there was no bumpers there was no floaties there was no child child uh, preventative devices attached to him he was he was he was sent out there with no seatbelt in a sixty five Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing for you, Max. Uh, I I started saying this about three weeks ago that the Steelers are in a better position today than they were a year ago today. Some of the questions have been answered, maybe not completely, but I just sense that Steeler fans can feel positive going into next year and more positive than they were a year ago when you didn't know who your quarterback was going to be. Um, I wonder if you concur. I, I do. I do second. I do second that motion. Uh, and we we can close this out. No, just joking. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I I think you're right. I think you're right. So I think we are in a better place um, because last year we were looking at the end, and this season we're looking at the next step. So it's a different mentality because at the end of last year, like you said, you didn't know what was going to be. We didn't know if we were going to bring in Mr. Bisky and draft Kenny Pickett. 
it was all pie in the sky speculation at this point last year. Well, actually, technically last year at this point, we were getting ready to get beat by Kansas City. Um, but <laughs> I digress. Um, but yeah, that was more so how we kind of thought about it. Like, man, the future's dark and dip. And then you look at it, you turn and you come back to it. And this season, we have just exactly the same amount of wins as we did a year ago. Um, and and the team grew in front of us as opposed to kind of flatlined in front of us as a year ago. Um, and I think that's kind of what makes this so special is it wasn't a rebuild. What everybody was thinking was it was more of a retool. And I'll, I'll steal the word from my good friend Alvaro Martin on the Spanish broadcast side, uh, reorient this team. Um, and that's what they did. Uh, and, and, where I look around the league and how many teams have switched quarterbacks or quarterback coming in after the great quarterback was just a tremendous letdown. We didn't have that, right? We, we, we didn't have the Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson, like the Jets have, or, you know, looking like the Houston Texans who are just in complete disarray or the Denver Broncos who've had to spend $245 million to find out you still suck. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at how that is, or precipitous fall off like the Rams from one year to the next with the same exact guy. Um, th- those are things that we didn't have to deal with, and those are things that hopefully, as it's looking, will continue to progress in a positive direction, an upswing, and it'll kind of look more like our line, our line of succession and coaches versus uh, a Cleveland quarterback graveyard. Well, it'll be very intriguing this offseason, I suspect, for any number of reasons. Max, I want to, again, wish you a happy birthday, but I want to thank you for being with me all season long. Um, it really adds so much to the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you, uh, to have known you all these years, and then get a chance to work directly. I just wanted to express my appreciation for your willingness uh, to be with me once a week throughout the entire season. Stan, it is, it is absolutely my pleasure. And like you said, through all these years, you were my first interview and the first person I saw when I stepped into Pittsburgh outside of Ben Roethlisberger yep. um, as a rookie. When we came down to FSN Pittsburgh Studios to be on the Stan Savage show and get interviewed. So, you know, I'm just blessed and fortunate that, like you said, throughout all these years, we've had the opportunity to, uh, to be and work together in various capacities happy to be a colleague today so thanks for having me and i look forward to many more years to come <laughs> that sounds like a plan i've got a picture from that very first show uh with the me shaking hands with you on the set and shaking hands with ben that was uh that was a great night oh. got pictures of that uh, uh as a, as a memento max take care we'll talk to you again soon thanks very much sounds good take care Stan. all right max you too our thanks to max starks for being with us on the Savern on Steelers podcast. Thanks for being here, all of you in Steeler Nation. Again, the podcast can be gotten at Steelers.com. Very easy to get that online. You can also listen to my daily radio show. Talk a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers there, too. You can get that live, 970 a.m. on your a.m. radio, 970. We're there each day, noon until 2 Eastern time. Or you can get it on the iHeartMedia app. Download it. It's free. And I'll be there for you whenever you feel like listening to it. That's it for today's Savlin on Steelers. 
podcast. And thank you very much for listening. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 